Welcome to the 86th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and alongside me, I have my co-host and a crime fighter devoid of socks, Adrian Pinter. How does it go, sir? <laughs> General Kenobi, it goes quite well. Uh, how are thou, Simon Eady? How, how are you, man? I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Is something funny about my intro, huh? No, no. I was just uh, laughing because I don't know if I don't know if it's going to come through on the mic, but Ellie was drinking water very aggressively as we, as soon as you hit the record button. Um, so it made me giggle. Oh, all right. Yeah, you had a great intro, man. Don't even trip, dog. Don't even trip. Oh, thanks. All right, appreciate it. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, what's new with you? Sorry, Ellie. Of course, is your daughter. Your daughter. Yes. Adopted daughter. Not human. Not human. No, no, no. Good, good. Just making sure. Animal. Dog. Okay. Nine. Okay. Ma'am. What's new with you? That makes sense. Nah, nothing's new with me. Nothing. Nothing at all. It's been a busy week of work. Mm -hmm. I come home and I watch a show and then I watch TV shows and movies. I just play some games. Nice. Nice, man. Yeah. You? Uh, not not much, man. Uh, I mean, um... Horizon Forbidden West. Sorry, Ken, for talking about video games right off the bat. But that's coming out on the PlayStation 4 and 5. I'm playing it on my PS5. Mm, yes. It's really good. Right. It's really damn good so far. It's good to know. Um, so life's good with that. And uh, John Carpenter. Yeah. Yeah. Famous John Carpenter. Of the who the filmmaker for the Halloween movies, right? Is that correct? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He, he wrote the theme as well. Yeah. Um, he went on Twitter and like posted about uh, Ashley Birch, who's the voice actor for Aloy, the main character in there. Um, Horizon Forbidden West, you're saying? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, didn't I say that? Maybe I didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just making it clear that we didn't change the subject. Mm, yes. Uh, but yeah, he like posted on uh, Twitter um, and, and said uh, that Ashley Birch triumphs as Aloy in Horizon Forbidden West, the new sumptuous epic action game yeah indeed mm-hmm. yeah pretty cool super cool pretty cool yeah but uh I, i'm really enjoying it man I'm, I'm really enjoying it so far but i mean i guess speaking of uh someone that composed you know well did, did the halloween movies as well and, and as a composer we could did you hear about john williams you know composer for a lot of the star wars stuff him coming back for the kenobi series simon i did because he said that he was retired from doing star wars movies mm-hmm. and here here this man is this legend of a composer Coming out of the, you know, out of retirement mm-hmm. <laughs> to to uh, compose the Kenobi theme, not the series in total, but mm-hmm. just the theme. Yeah. Uh, similar to how, I guess, Ludwig Gornson did the theme to Book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and then Joseph Shirley did the rest of the Music. composition. But there's something about that. I, I, I was like, how old is John Williams? And I looked it up, and he's 90, which is Whoa. crazy. He's He really is a legend. Mm-hmm. Man. So it's pretty cool that he's decided to do this, considering he he named Rise of Skywalker the last Star Wars movie that he would compose, mm-hmm. which he did, by the way, a great job composing. Like, let's mm-hmm. be clear. The one thing that that movie got right was the look and feel of being a Star Wars movie in terms of the visual effects and the the music composition, especially, because John mm-hmm. Williams always does a great job. 
He does. Our issue with that movie is not the visual effects or even necessarily the acting. It's just the plot, the writing. It's a bad movie, Simon. It's a bad movie. It's not great. It's not great at all. I love what we're starting this off real quick here in the at like around the four minute mark, just mm-hmm. dissing Rise of Skywalker. As, every episode, baby. We, as we <laughs> often do here. We got to do it every episode. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's really cool as well as all I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm very excited for the Kenobi series coming out in May on Disney+. Plus. Yeah. I'm very intrigued. It's going to be good. Yeah, man. Disney Plus coming out with a lot of good stuffs, including. Like. Like what? Moon Knight, dude. Moon Knight next oh. month, bro. <laughs> it's almost like it's in the notes here. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. Coming out of March, on March 30th specifically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. You excited? I'm uh, excited for Moon Knight. I'm quite excited, uh, especially after, you know, uh, Kevin Feige, he came out and, you know, talked a little bit about it and saying that, you know, it's going to be brutal. Um, yeah. So, like, it makes me a little bit more confident and I'm excited. Like, will, will they go? As dark as like, you know, Daredevil and like those action scenes and stuff like that. Is it going to be that high quality? I don't know. I'm very curious. I don't know. I'm very, very curious. And then there's that concept that we talked about a couple of weeks ago about Daredevil and those Defenders like TV series coming off of Netflix on February 28th. The question of where they're going to end up is a interesting one. It's a mystery. Is it going to end up on, on Disney Plus? And my, especially based on how... Kevin Feige is talking about this. My idea of what they might do is when February 28th hits, there might be an announcement because I don't think, I think there's a contractual obligation that they cannot make an announcement because Netflix currently owns these properties on their service. Mm -hmm. I don't think that they can push advertisement in any capacity for Daredevil. Now I could be wrong. I could be completely off base, but it seems like they might not be able to push advertisement or marketing for anything to do with that Defender's those Defenders characters on Disney Plus until that February 28th date elapses. Mm-hmm. That's why I'm thinking there's been no Daredevil series announced, but we kind of get a pretty good inkling that there might be one. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't know if you think that I'm completely off base, but that could be why like they're so quiet about this. Yeah. I, I don't think you're totally off base, man. I think it's totally possible. I would I would love for that to be true. I just don't know if it is, and I I don't know really the you know the background like how how it works, um in terms of yeah like if if Disney isn't allowed to you know mention that they're co- coming out with a new Daredevil series while um you know Netflix still owns the streaming rights to it uh, I I don't know if that's like any rule or whatever if anything it would make sense that Netflix would maybe want Disney to announce it just to bring like more people onto their service to like binge watch it quick but I don't know I don't know maybe. It was announced, though, by various publications that it is coming off Netflix. I feel like that was not necessarily completely well publicized. But if you go on right now to watch Daredevil or Jessica Jones or Luke Cage or everyone's favorite hero, Iron Fist. Yes. If you watch any of those series, it says right underneath the the headline, it says like the title, it says coming off of Netflix on February 28th. Mm -hmm. They're clearly trying to get people to come in and watch it. I just think that because Disney Plus is not... like Disney hasn't even said, hey, we're going to have this stuff on our streaming service, by the way. As soon as this leaves Netflix, come to Disney Plus to watch it. They haven't even said that, which I find is pretty peculiar, Mm -hmm. considering that could be a a pull potentially for people who want to come in you know, who who have a Disney Plus subscription and may not have a Netflix one. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know what you're saying. So there's a benefit to them not announcing it only because if you don't have a Netflix subscription... 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You could be waiting for, oh, it's going to hit Disney Plus. But they didn't say it's going to go to Disney Plus. And I think that has something to do with, you know, shareholders and the business aspect and, the, you know, the, the signatures on the dotted line. I, I, I would guess. Because, ju- again, it just doesn't make sense to me. Because people love those series. And especially because they spiked um, at a certain point in uh, December. Um, the, the viewership spiked. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Mm-hmm. But uh, I, I digress. Uh, the Moon Knight thing is very interesting. The, the brutality of it and the fact that Kevin Feige is mentioning this. And to talk about exactly what he was mentioning, he mentioned in the Empire Magazine article, he specifically said, quote, It's been fun to work with Disney Plus and see the boundaries shifting on what we're able to do. There are moments in the series when Moon Knight is wailing on another character and it is loud and brutal. And the knee-jerk reaction is, we're going to pull back on this, right? No, we're not pulling back. There's a tonal shift. There's a different thing. This is Moon Knight, unquote. Whoa. Yeah. It's a hell of a quote. It's a hell of a quote. Yeah, I know. He said it exactly like that. That's how Kevin Feige talks. Sounds just like him, dude. He ramps up. Kevin? Is that you? Goes into like a monologue and and people are like blown away. The reporters are like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Yeah. Every time. But uh, this is a great quote because this is what we want, Adrian. But this sounds like it's not going on Star almost. Like Mm. it sounds like it's Disney Plus, but a grittier Disney Plus. And again, if you're going to ease people into potentially a Defender series, a gritty New York Daredevil series, maybe this is the way to kind of segue. I guess we'll see though. It's cool that they have the, they've shown, of course, that there was a trailer for Moon Knight at the as of really short but there was a trailer at the um the super bowl mm-hmm. and they keep showing these screenshots and trailers and stuff and it seems pretty brutal and in, in just the fact i guess alone that uh moon knight has like blood on his knuckles yeah you know what i mean like he's he's beating the man i was telling you man i was telling you it looks brutal yeah. he's got blood on we'll him see. he has a gun we'll see he's punching well, people no, i don't think he's got a gun i don't think he uses guns well he had a gun in that um when he's on the in the truck Oh, yeah, he picked it up to, like, in shock. Isn't that what happened? Yeah, I don't know. He was like, oh, what what is this doing in here? I don't think that was his gun, though. How did this get here? He exclaims. Yeah, that's what, exactly. In his brain. Yeah. Yeah. In his brain. Yeah. Oscar Isaac also stated about this series. (gasps) What did he state? He stated that this is the first real character study since Iron Man, which I think is outrageous. Mm -hmm. I feel like he hasn't watched (laughs) a lot of the Marvel properties. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that statement. Um, I I think that's wrong. (laughs) I'll just just say that. Uh, Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I feel like he might have only watched Iron Man. That might be the reason. He's like, ah, I'm good. This was great. John Favreau did a great, great job making this movie. Wow, Robert Downey Jr., I'm out. Yeah. No need to watch any of the other movies. It, it's He thinks that's the only Marvel property that's been released so far, actually. Maybe. He, think, he thinks he's the second MCU hero. Maybe. They're just bringing in the Moon Knight series. He's only seen Iron Man. It's like, wow, what a great start to this cinematic universe that I'm now going to be the second member of, is what he said. Yeah, that's right. Jokes aside, though, the reason he was saying that is because he was excited to take on this character because it was a really cool character study. Mm-hmm. And I think he was mentioning how it's kind of slow in moments and it's very deliberate in the way that it's presented and created. So I feel like that very much appeals to me as well. He also stated that his uh, his accent, which people were criticizing it from the trailer, like the English accent was deliberate, which I feel like was kind of implied. I, I kind mm. of understood that, but people were really freaking out on Twitter about that. I was like, ah, all right, guys, just relax, okay? Chill out. I know it sounds a little bit like a ridiculous English accent, but is this guy really English, though? I don't know. I don't think he is. I think that's the point. I'm pretty sure he's American. I think Moon Knight 
the character. He's an American man. And Oscar Isaac. Yeah. Yeah. Oscar Isaac's American too. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah. To be clear. Yeah. Crystal baby. But yeah. I'm, I'm very super excited. excited. Oh, wow. Look at us. Me too. Look at us. Just yeah. both of us being very excited for this. The, the one thing. I'm super, but. Oh, whoa. Super excited. Wow. Uh, the one thing that I'm just a little bit worried about, I think they've said that this is only going to be six episodes. Am I right about that? Uh, Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that the issue every time? Yeah. You just don't have enough time to do anything. Well, like WandaVision was nine. And then again, what if was nine, but, and then Loki. Oh, yeah. Loki was and seven. The other ones. Hmm? Loki was seven. No, I think Loki was also six. I think we literally had this conversation before. Did we? Yeah. Didn't you take the opposite stance? I don't remember. Now that now you're making me question. I'm like, was it? It is I? six. How do I make this mistake every time? Yeah. What am okay, I thinking? Cool. What is seven? There's nothing that's seven except for Book of Boba Fett, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know where I make that mistake each time. Hey, man, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody has those days. Yeah, well. well what have you been watching? Me? <laughs> yeah, you. You crazy cat. Uh, just to be clear, I was just looking it up there. Moon Knight is six episodes, just to be, okay. just to make sure that that's that was correct. And unfortunately, yeah, that that was again have been have been our I- issue. I think just because I feel like they they try to do a character study with some of the characters, and then they run out of time when they introduce characters on the eleventh hour. Anyway, so hopefully that doesn't happen with this. But what have I been watching, Adrian? What have I been watching? Well, just let's just segue right back into Marvel here. I've been <gasps> watching Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, the trailer number what? two. That's crazy. That's all yeah. you've been watching, just on repeat, constantly, over and over. It's pretty great. It's a great trailer. It's pretty great. Yeah. Speaking of that, actually, because that was a Super Bowl trailer. They announced that at the Super Bowl, whatever. The Super Bowl like trailers were pretty crazy. The halftime show as well was amazing. Did you watch that? No. Oh, you didn't? No, I'm not interested in that. I'm sure it's a great, but it's just... It's amazing. It's legendary. Yeah. I do like Dr. Dre. You know what I mean? Like a, a 2001, The Chronic. That's a, it's a dope ass album, dude. Then why but, didn't you watch the halftime show? It's got like ten legends on in it. It's crazy. Did, did they have John Legend? No. Oh, okay. Well then, no, that's not that's not what they were going for. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know. I, it's just I never watched the Super Bowl halftime show. I don't think I've ever watched the Super Bowl halftime show in my life. You've never watched it once. I don't think so. No. Wow. Maybe I've seen snippets. I saw kind of sad, but okay. I saw a little clip on Instagram with Snoop Dogg smoking a joint just before going on stage. I saw that. Yeah, you I don't should know, watch just, it. You should watch it. It, it. It's the best one I've ever seen. I've seen a lot of them, and this was by far the best one. It was pretty cool because Dr. Dre hasn't been on the scene, right? He hasn't really been doing much, if I recall correctly. Like, yeah, he hasn't I been think, making much new music. The first new thing he done, did in a while, I think, was the Grand Theft Auto Five. I was just gonna say <laughs> Grand Theft Auto <laughs> Online expansion, which I was kind of shocked at. But anyway, yeah. Yeah. I think he like made new music for that, which is funny. He did. Yeah. yeah. It was crazy. But man, I got money in the Grand Theft Auto. Sorry. I got really sidetracked, but that was something I did watch and I did enjoy it. I didn't watch the Super Bowl, but I did watch the halftime show because everyone was raving about it. And I was like, what's the what's all the hubbub about? And then I watched it and I was like, whoa, that hubbub is real. Oh, that's this hubbub is, is truth. Hubbub. Yeah. Like when by the time like Eminem gets like thrown on stage there's just like these oh man it's just so well done and then they like dr dre throws at the snoop dog snoop dog throws it back it's just man I, again i can't I, I now i'm going off a little too long about this so let's talk about how long is this halftime show it's like 14 minutes 14 one four i think so something like that ah that's not too long maybe i'll watch it then that's pretty sure yeah, it's not an hour it's a halftime show i don't know man i, I don't understand these things yeah 
I realize. I realize. Adrian, the Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness trailer was truly, genuinely the best trailer I've seen this year. Mm-hmm. I think you might agree. It was pretty shocking. It's really, really well composed. The music is very good. I actually thought that I looked at the composers afterwards. I'm like, who, who is composing this music for this movie? Because it sounded almost like Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross mm-hmm. influenced it in some way. It's actually Danny Elfman is doing the score for Doctor oh. Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, um, which is cool. But uh, what did you think of the trailer? Because I know you watched it as well. Yeah, I thought this trailer was really awesome. It's really just building the hype levels for this movie more and more. I'm very excited for this. And there was some like pretty like su- like big surprises in, in that trailer alone where I was like, what? Like if they're showing this, if they're showing this in the trailer, then what else do they have in store? And honestly, the one thing I really like about this trailer as well is that this – the, the, uh, some of the shots that they showed, it feels very Sam Raimi, like which I really appreciate. I it, it I think this might actually be like that first. I don't know. We we say this often, or I say this often, but like this might actually be like the first like visually different Marvel movie in quite a while. Um, maybe since the first Doctor Strange movie, which was super like psychedelic and wild and stuff like that. But this again, just like the camera work and stuff like that, the, the zoom in shots. And all of that sort of Raimi esque, you know, stuff that he does, it was very evident in this trailer. And I don't know, it kind of gets me very like I'm just I'm very excited for this man. I I didn't think I'd be this excited for this movie, but the more I'm seeing of this, the more I want to watch it. I don't know about you, but like, what do you what did you think about the trailer, man? Um, yeah, I, I loved it. Uh, Captain Marvel's in it. Hmm. But I, it seems like anyway. Yeah, I don't know if that's. Like real Captain Marvel or yeah. like a multiversal Captain, Mar- Captain Marvel? Think... People have, have, have like gleaned that there's like a, they believe that there's Deadpool as a photo in one of the pieces mm-hmm. of glass shards in the poster as well. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah. And Ryan Reynolds came out and said that he's not in the movie already. So we're going to have like a Andrew Garfield sort of situation. Yeah. <laughs> did he actually volunteer that information? Yeah, he did. <laughs> he came out and said, what did somebody ask? Um, I, I was he responding to somebody on Twitter though, or was he just like coming it, out and saying, "By the way, I'm not in this movie." I don't remember. It was it was in an interview. I forget who posted it online. He did an interview, um, and that's where he said it. He he, he was probably asked about it. Who knows? Hmm. Um, but yeah, again, like that Captain Marvel. Like I looked at a few of these like sort of like trailer breakdowns and stuff like that, just because I was like super curious about it, and I like watching those sort of videos and. Uh, uh, one of the uh, big things is that Captain Marvel is uh, people are guessing that's Monica Rambo. Oh, yeah. From uh, well, we, we saw her in WandaVision. Um, You're talking but, like alternate timeline Monica Rambo. Well, yeah, possibly. Or from that timeline, because she she did get superpowers at the end. So she did. But they're how did she get them again? I don't remember. But, no, I can't remember either. Yeah. But I, I don't think that she's as powerful as Captain, Captain Marvel. So Marvel. I, I'd imagine it would have to be an alternate timeline or she somehow had some kind of dealings with the Tesseract, right? Because, yeah. I mean, that was a pretty monumental mm-hmm. power exchange that Captain Marvel had with, like Danvers had with the Tesseract. So I, I don't yeah. know if they're just going to do that. but Because, yeah. again, she didn't deal with an Infinity Stone. She did not. No, you're right. I, yeah, I yeah, I don't remember how she got her superpowers by the end of like WandaVision, but she did. She had something. So 
that's like yeah. one of the one of the things people are pointing out on. Again, I feel like it would kind of make sense because I think this movie is just as much a sequel to like Spider-Man No Way Home as it is WandaVision. Um, so, you know, just bring in all of that sort of stuff from both these like both the series and the and this most recent movie. And, and, you know, I, and imagine Loki. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Loki, too. Yeah. More so. Theoretically. God, there's so much cool shit. I can't wait for this. This is I feel like this is just going to be a wild, wild ride and something that's going to be so visually stunning as well. And uh, it, it definitely looks like, you know, uh, Scarlet Witch. Um, like it, it kind of looks like she's going to be the villain now, which I think people were like hypothesizing and stuff like that. Especially from that trailer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which it, that's a cool idea. Yeah, anyway. But is it an alternate timeline, Wanda? That's the question. Since we since we're going into like this mult it's literally called the multiverse of madness. There are so many things that you can do. Like, fuck man. Uh not fully confirmed, but that was Patrick Stewart in the goddamn trailer, man. You know what I mean? It had to have been, yeah. It like it, it was he's got such a distinctive voice, and then you mm-hmm. see his like the back of his head. It seems like it can't be anybody else, but exactly hard to know. <laughs> the X-Men are in it? Question mark. Like is that What's happening? Is it? Is there any possibility that he's playing a different character? I don't know. Than Professor Xavier? I don't, yeah, that, that's a good question. I don't think so. I don't think they would do that, but they might. And again, like now it's just like, if if he's in it, are we going to see Hugh Jackman briefly as Wolverine? That's maybe? the thing. Because no. Patrick Stewart basically said that he was retiring from that role. Mm-hmm. Like the, the, the story that he told on Late Night a few times, I think, is that he was sitting in the theater with Hugh Jackman watching Logan. Mm-hmm. And uh, they were like holding hands and tearing up as they like watched the final shots of of Logan. Yeah. So, and at that moment, he kind of realized because he was potentially going to do another movie like Patrick Stewart was. Uh, Patrick Stewart realized, ah, you know what? This is it. Like, can mm-hmm. I, can you top this? Probably not. So you should probably go out now. And so that's what his, his thought process was. And then here he is potentially in this trailer. Yeah. Imagine it's not him, though. That'd be wild. I'd be like, what? Who? It's just, I don't know. Steve Boner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'd be awesome. Amazing. <laughs> I can't believe they just made a Boner joke. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's not get too specific. But anyway. <laughs> is it Steve Boner? Sorry. Not Steve. Yeah. It's um, Ralph, Ralph Boner. Ralph, even yeah. better name, even better name. Anyway, yeah, uh, yeah pretty stupid. Regardless, uh, yeah, it seems like it's him and they're probably going to introduce the X-Men and hopefully that means the X-Men aren't in the, you know, the base Marvel uh, universe. They're in a, a separate one and then they can kind of cross over over time because yeah. I would like to see a more grounded X-Men because the, uh, the root... I think of the X-Men is in like base science of like evolution. Mm -hmm. I think that that kind of scientific world where you only have X-Men and not X-Men and also a man with a a big hammer that he swings around to go fast. I feel like it would be nice to have those not mix up just because it's the magic mixed with the science of evolution. Ah, it leaves a sour taste in my mouth. It's nice to have them separate. So then Mm -hmm. to combine them occasionally when you're having that multiversal War eventually, I think will be more impactful. But I guess we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, but uh, you're right. Goddamn, best trailer of the year, and I really love the Jurassic World Dominion trailer too. 
It was awesome. That's still my most excited movie. Like uh, the movie I'm most excited for. But. Yeah, I think the Jurassic World Dominion trailer, again, though, I said this before, I think it would have been better if they didn't do the last shot. The last mm. shot showing all the cast together. It's like, we know that's happening. Do you need to show that? I, again, I just don't think it's beneficial. But yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah. No, really good. I'm really excited for this. And this Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness movie is coming so soon. Like, it's May, right? Yep, May. Yeah. That's reasonably really close. Like, I... I I had a few people because they know that we do this podcast to come up to me and they said, did you see that trailer? It's like, I, I haven't been really excited about Marvel since Endgame. And it's like this, they're doing something different. Like they keep, they keep seem, seemingly up, you know, upping themselves in some capacity. Um, and like, they were like, oh, I just saw Spider-Man No Way Home and it was so good. And now they've mm-hmm. got this trailer. And it's like, yeah, it seems like, again, they're really, they're not just sitting back. They're not just, um, you know. Coasting. Sitting back. You're sitting back on their laurels, or whatever the phrase is that I, you know, I constantly mis misrepresent various phrases. I think you nailed it, dude. You nailed it. But, but they're not just sitting back and waiting for like people to just come to the theaters. Come to the theaters because you know we know you love Spider Man. That's basically what the Andrew Garfield first two movies was in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it's like we know you love him, and Andrew Garfield always goes the full nine yards, so he did a great job. But the rest of it's like yeah, it's pretty half-assed in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. Not completely, but. There's, it has its moments in terms of the way it story tells, but it could have been a lot better. And I feel like lately, Marvel's been not uh, not holding back. They mm-hmm. are not pulling their punches. No. And hell, I know like Eternals wasn't necessarily received well, but I really like Eternals and it, it was something different and unique. Yeah. And yeah, like you said, they're it's not just relying. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I like these risks and I'm fine with like a big swing and, you know, occasionally maybe you'll miss. Um, I don't think Eternals was a miss, although I think a lot of people do. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it just feels fresh and new. Um, other than I, I would say like Black Widow kind of was like, bleh. Um, but like even Shang-Chi, like the twist by the end of the movie, I was like, holy shit, like you guys are doing this stuff. So again, they're not holding back and I'm very excited for the future. It's, it's cool that like it, they're, yeah, again, like you said, they're not um, resting or coast on, on laurels of, of their, of the past or whatever that phrases resting on your laurels is that the phrase coasting on the rests sitting squatting on your laurels uh lying down on your laurels hmm gotta be that one yeah 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 okay yeah no i'm excited for this but it's what kevin feige said like years ago uh when he was describing the marvel cinematic universe it's not about the universe building it is that's super important and to get the the cohesiveness correctly, that's important, but it's down to every single movie. It's about hiring the right people to make each movie cohesive and work on its own. So you're making a great movie each time. And then you can look at the overall franchise afterwards. Um, if you have to tweak something small to make sure they wor- it works within the greater multiverse at this point, then we will do that. But at the same time, we got to let the creators create something truly amazing first, mm-hmm. which I, again... I appreciate. Me too. Adrian, did you watch anything else this week? Oh, Simon, I did indeed watch another thing this week. And that was the Peacemaker season one finale, Simon. Oh, me too. Nice. And uh, let me just tell you, I'm going to tell you one thing. Yep. It's real good. It's really good. <laughs> it is. It is really good. <laughs> I, I love the show. I think what James Gunn has here is... Uh, is something that's just like 
very remarkable and unique. And again, another fresh take on something that is um, you could you could argue um, oversaturated in the in this in the superhero genre. But again, like James Gunn just knows how to make this awesome cast of characters that are, you know, like a ragtag group of people that don't necessarily get along, but that slowly build a relationship over the course of however long. And in this case, seven episodes uh, or eight episodes. Um, and yeah, make something incredibly special. And it's awesome because I I felt like when this show was announced, it it gave me a lot of vibes that like this was just going to be a one-off. And I feel like it was almost marketed that way, but um, that's not the case. It's actually been renewed for a second season. Yeah, crazy. And I'm very, very excited. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like Again, yeah. it's just a very raunchy yet very heartfelt. It's very James Gunn. Mm. And uh, I kind of loved it. And uh, there's a little... Uh, <laughs> little something something in that finale and i was like oh, really yeah i was kind of shocked. shocked me too i know exactly what you're referring to i just um yeah it, it is really cool it's it's really neat and it's it did surprise me like overall mm-hmm. and i think it surprised the audience because from i believe the first episode the pilot to the finale uh it was eight episodes long it uh it actually got a 44% gain in viewership on HBO Max throughout mm-hmm. that time. And the finale was actually, specifically the finale for Peacemaker had the single biggest performance for an HBO Max original. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, it's, it's cra- that's a crazy stat. I, I don't, those, that stat was not corroborated by anyone but, uh, by the way, James Gunn. Mm-hmm. So I, I don't know if that could be inaccurate, probably not. I don't think he would have just posted that on Twitter on, on Instagram if that wasn't true, considering his, uh, his, his standing and the fact that he's making a season two, but, um, but yeah, he posted it on social media and then other places picked it up like Forbes. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was pretty cool that they did that. Cause I, you would think it would be something else like maybe like euphoria or considering it's so buzzy euphoria yeah, or other options that. trying to think here. Succession. Yeah, like people love Succession, it's, and I love Succession. It's so good. So now it's interesting. Uh, th- yeah, like eight. Oh, I see. Because it could it's be because it's the HBO Max. Max original. Yeah. So it's actually in like a little bit of a fine print there, and that mm-hmm. Succession's not an HBO Max original. It's just an HBO original series. Yeah, nor is uh, Euphoria. Good call. So that could be why. Yeah. I didn't know Peacemaker. I guess I just didn't realize Peacemaker is a, uh, a, a HBO Max exclusive, eh? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is, which is cool. Hmm. Okay, so it's it's up against things like Raised by Wolves, I guess. Yeah, like that science which, fiction show. Dude, there's a season two out. Did you know? Yeah, yeah, but well, I, not completely. I think they're going but week by week, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. But I, I literally saw that like when I was watching the Peacemaker finale. I was like, what? Season two's out. Yeah. Like I literally saw no buzz, no marketing at all for this. Like I don't. I don't think we're in the. There. I don't know if Crave is doing a great job, man. At that, like. Because we don't have HBO Max here in Canada. We have Crave, which is a Bell-owned thing. I think it's up to Bell to market what they think is going to be successful. And I don't know that they have the market research to properly market certain things. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe Raised by Wolves is well marketed in the United States, but not in Canada. That's my guess. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I guess we won't know because we don't live in the States. Mm. We live in Canada, like you just mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, exactly what I said. Anything else you watched this week, Adrian? Anything else? Um, Simon, I did actually, uh, but I'm going to be v- very brief on this. I have finally, finally caught up to 
where I finished or, or like where uh, I don't know why I'm having such a tough time spitting this out. I finally caught up where I finished to the, the, the part where, where I finished. <laughs> I'm good at come. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Like Kamala Harris, like Donald Trump, like video where it's like, do not come, do not come. You know, you know the one I'm talking about? I do. Yes. Because you've sent it to me many times. Donald Trump comes out like, I'm going to come. And then the entire crowd cheers. Ah, what a classic. Anyways, uh, but yeah, I finally caught up to where I um, ended uh, Attack on Titan, the final season, um, last year or whenever I watched it. Because, uh, you know, it, it, that's where it finished. But uh, for the final season of Attack on Titan, I, I'm having a lot of trouble speaking. That was the most convoluted thing. <laughs> you watched Attack on Titan. And you left off at a certain point. Because that's what was that point, Adrian? It was the it was the end of final season part one, is where I was totally caught up to. Okay. And now I I I said this before. I was like, I'm gonna rewatch Attack on Titan final like all the seasons. But I'm yes. gonna watch it in Japanese so I can watch How many seasons are there? There are four seasons, Simon. Okay. The final season is the fourth season. And right. Which has two parts. Correct. Correct. And now part two has started airing. So I was I was like, yo, I'm going to rewatch all of Attack on Titan, but this time I'm going to watch it in Japanese. Um, so like when I catch up, I can just watch the new episodes in Japanese and don't have to like wait for like the English episodes to come out. So I started doing that, obviously, and I watched most of season one in Japanese. But like whenever I ate food or something, I was like, I'm just going to switch it over to English because I can't like multitask that much. I can't like watch a show, read and eat at the same time it's just it's nearly impossible so i like switched over to english and then at a certain point in my rewatch i just kept it on english so now i'm like fully caught up i watched the first episode of uh, part two which is released in english but the other like five episodes that are released are all in japanese and i was just like oh no well i ruined this for myself i can't just switch over to japanese now um because i watched <laughs> what? like seasons like 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 from halfway through like season two all the way to like season four in just English. Um, so, so I was like, well, I, I fucked, I fucked myself again. Um, so uh, anyways, I, I watched the first episode of part two and goddamn, does it start off with a freaking bang, both literally and figuratively. This show is so amazing. I love rewatching it uh, or I loved rewatching it. And uh, honestly, like I, I'll probably rewatch this again at some point in the future. There's so many little things that I picked up on, on my, on my rewatch, these, these seeds that they planted in, you know, like season one, like one of the earlier episodes that come to fruition and, you know, like season three and just these little things that I just didn't pick up on the first time. And uh, again, I, I, I absolutely adore this show. I think this is easily my favorite anime series um, I've ever watched. Um, and it's up there with, you know, just some of my favorite TV shows in general. It's like, it's the way I said, it, it's like anime sort of game of thrones slash like walking dead like no characters safe they kill off characters left and right leave huge emotional impact on you and it's again it's it's multi-layered you know characters are are dealing with like ptsd after watching their you know best friends get eaten alive by like these like titans you know these huge like mon monstrous looking humanoid creature things that you know like just destroy homes and pick people up and you know just eat them with like no emotion in their face it's terrifying and uh it's just a brilliant show and again i i'm i'm very excited to continue watching it It sucks that i'm gonna have to wait like week to week now and watch it in english um but alas i did this to myself and i'm the only one to blame 
Mm. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, it is true. That's not me. You're not to blame. You're definitely not yeah. to blame. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad you enjoy it. That's, that's awesome. I, I always, you know, wanted to t- jump into Attack on Titan one day. And I will. And I will one day. Yeah. It's on the first season's on Netflix. Like you can give that a go. It's in English or Japanese. You can watch it in either. How is the English dub? Like how is that? Is it good? It, it's really good. I, I really love the English dub. Not everything has a good English dub, but like Attack on Titan notoriously has a very good English dub. Um, okay. It's like up there in like the upper echelon of just, you know, high quality English dubbing. Uh, you right. know, ca- kind of like Cowboy Bebop as an example and stuff like that. Or Ghost Stories that I <laughs> talked about a few weeks ago. Just, just right. high quality English dubs. Um, and honestly, like I watch a lot of shows. Like when I watch anime, I prefer to watch them dubbed uh, more often than not. But once in a while, I like watch an anime in dubbed form. I'm like, oh, this is absolutely atrocious. And then I'll like watch it in Japanese. So. Or just like straight up quit the show. So I like tried watching Demon Slayer. Which apparently is a really good show, but I watched like the first three episodes in English and I was like, the voice acting is atrocious. So instead of switching it over to Japanese, I just quit the show. But I might jump into that because I'm in like an anime mood now. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool, man. Super cool. Excellent. Should we move on to the news, Adrian? No. That's too bad. Uh, Let's begin with a small collection of more focused stories that have been particularly pertinent this week. Number one. As reported by Publication Variety, the 94th Annual Academy Awards Ceremony will feature a fan favorite award for a 2021 film voted on by the fans by way of the social media platform Twitter. From February 14th to March 3rd, fans can tweet up to 20 times per day with their favorite film of 2021 with the hashtag sweepstakes and Oscars fan favorite. The winner will not win an Oscar, but will be announced at the Oscars ceremony on March 27th, 2022. Additionally, Three lucky fans who vote will get the chance to win a trip to the 2023 Oscars ceremony and will present an award on stage. From February 24th to March 3rd, fans can tweet their favorite movie moment of all time for a chance to win a year of free movies. As you may recall, the Academy of Motion Pictures, Arts and Sciences toyed with the idea of a most popular film category in the year 2019, but that plan was shot down after resistance from Academy voters and critics alike. Adrian, what do you make of this new? I, I don't know. Award? Question mark. I I think this is kind of stupid. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. I find it very silly that they're doing uh, literally a Twitter poll to announce a winner of a fan favorite for the show. I feel like it would have just made more sense for them to have launched the most popular film category back in 2019. Cause that's literally what this is just done in a worse way. I feel like I yeah. don't know if you agree with me. I think they were worried about devaluing the Oscars potentially by having a most popular film category. Cause it's not the critics. This, sorry. No the critics. Sorry. The people's choice awards. Yeah, I guess. And like, what's the point? And I kind of agree. Like, what's the point? Like you're not, honoring the film as being a good movie you're honoring it as being a much watched movie and who's really voting on that is the kind of the question i have what do you have to vote for you just look at the numbers who sold the most tickets i guess i don't know Mm -hmm. who who streamed the most viewer you know the the most hours i i I don't Mm -hmm. really think that this is a as that was a worthwhile category felt like it was kind of cheapening it a little bit Mm -hmm. but at the same time we talked about this last week you gotta open up your sites. You can't be a hipster award show. 
I really yeah. think that this is what this is in some way. Like it's a bit of a hipster award show. Uh, and honestly, I think this is the best uh, time to reach into that mailbag for a moment <gasps> here, shall we? We ask our listeners to write into us with comments, questions, and corrections by way of Twitter or by email to splitfocuspodcast at gmail.com. And Kenneth Saddlebauer, longtime listener. Kenneth Saddlebauer wrote into us and he said, You wrote in? What? Yeah, no, crazy. Dear disembodied voices on my phone. When I was young, I was obsessed with watching the Academy Awards, naively thinking that since it was judged by the industry, I was watching the best of the best being awarded. Unfortunately, the awards are given with the bias of the judges. In the early days, the only category women could really win was Best Actress. And it wasn't until 1964 that a black man won Best Actor. Sidney uh, Poitier won that year. Today, there is still an amount of cultural bias and intellectual snobbery in the awards. To date, only seven comedies have gotten Oscars for Best Picture. And I would argue that The Artist is uh, not considered a comedy. 18 horror movies. Wait, mm. have won? Yeah, that's my confusion. Like, they've won an Oscar for Best Picture? I don't know what he's trying to say here, because that's a lot. Yeah. I don't think that's true, though. I'm a little confused. Zero animated films have won. That's true. Mm -hmm. uh, they ended up creating a, a subcategory. Zero superhero films have won, obviously, since 1929 out of 92, 92 Best yes. Picture Awards. Hmm. 18's actually quite a few horror movies, actually, so I don't know if that's... That's like 20%. Yeah, that's not a, a low percentage there, Ken. I'm not sure. It's hmm. a strange one. I, I think when I read this back earlier, I was thinking he meant nominees because of the way it's written with uh, in a list here. But, uh, but comedies, though, rarely win. Oscar-winning horror movies. That, that's true. Seven comedies is a little bit abysmal. And honestly, the nominees for comedies has been rough over the years. Anyways, I'll... I'll continue what he wrote here. The subcategories like makeup or visual effects seem to level the playing field a bit, but larger awards like Best Actor with a Dick or Best Actor with a Vag appear to be greatly influenced by the <laughs> genre that they are acting in. I've even heard talks of whether an actor was passed over one year, influencing the likelihood of winning the next. And I have too. I think Leonardo DiCaprio is a good example of that. But anyway, bottom line is that the Academy Awards is about spectacle and drawing attention to the motion picture industry. It has become a machine to sell movies, but not necessarily a good barometer as to the quality or the substance. A email here signed by Kenneth, and he, of course, followed up with a quote. And it is, I'm looking at things from the other point of view. And if you look at who votes at the Oscars, mostly older Jewish guys, they're going to vote for stuff they relate to. Do they relate to NWA? I doubt it. A quote by Michael Pena. Oh, what's NWA, Simon? Uh, I'm not going to say that here because uh, we shouldn't. It's not a good thing to say. We can't say that. Same. Neighbors wanting apples. Yes, uh, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you can look it up yourself, audience, if you don't know what it is. That's all I'm going to say. Anyways, <laughs> that's all I'm going to say. Um, but yeah, like uh, Ken is uh, Ken is on to something. We talked about this mm -hmm. last week. I, I find it's a little bit unfair that that the superhero films don't get nominated when they're genuinely really good, when critics and audiences alike love them. And that's the struggle that I can't seem to wrap my head around. It, it's fine. I just think that they need recognition in a bigger way. And I think that treating them like no, they're not films, like Martin Scorsese has often done, um, you know, and like various big name directors who make movies that uh, are a little bit more artsy, I guess. Mm. I guess a little bit more, you know, budget friendly. 
like yeah. not as big big budgeted so what's happening i just so i'm looking up you watching a movie no i just i want to so i'm on vogue okay um the, the website or, dot in okay yeah you, you, i think you were like on vogue like you were i was i was on the cover of vogue as well but that's that's not what oh. i'm talking about here because okay, i was yeah. uh i was looking up um horror movies that won oscars yeah and on vogue.in it says the only six horror films ever nominated for best picture at oscars and huh. it, it lists the exorcist jaws get out the, uh, the silence of the lambs the sixth sense black swan and get out yeah so box one one yeah so maybe maybe there's only been one actually wait did black swan win now i'm confused i know i don't think it did i'm uh I, so Black Swan lost i think king speech won yeah Natalie Portman won Best Actress for that movie, but yeah. So I don't know. I'm 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 a little bit confused. Maybe it was just a little mistype from Ken. That, that's my guess. Sixteen horror movies that won Oscars, according to Screen Rant, but not Best Picture. Yeah, Best Picture is what we're talking about. Mm. I think. Unless did I read this wrong? No. Yeah. For Best Picture. Yeah, I don't know. Sorry, Ken. You a little boo boo here in your yeah. in your write up, but thank you for writing in nonetheless, and I appreciate your insight. Yeah, like, I love you. Yeah. Uh, Ken. But yeah, they, yeah, I got that. I knew you weren't talking to me. Thank you. Um, but yeah, like the it's kind of ridiculous, and I don't know. I don't. I, I don't think everyone shares this opinion. I think that people think that uh, superhero movies are genuinely inferior. So yeah. I don't know. I guess that's just the way it is. But blockbusters have won for sure. Like Avatar ha- has been nominated and didn't win. Um, Thank God. But a movie like Titanic won, and. Yeah, Titanic's a good movie. I just don't. I don't know. It's just a. It's a tricky one because, I, I, again, I feel like there's, like, uh, Return of the King won. Obviously, and Return of the King is a pretty interesting genre film. Genre films don't seem to win. That's kind of the. I feel like what we we've been saying. More niche films tend to win or get nominated. I feel like far more than blockbusters do. Yeah, and I guess Endgame, like as an example, Avengers Endgame is too mainstream. Mm-hmm. That, that that that's kind of what I feel like. I feel like Spider-Man No Way Home, despite it being an amazing film and like a almost like a I don't know, it's like a tentpole film in a way, a weird way for like many years of superhero films, just like Endgame was, it doesn't seem to matter to the Academy. I don't necessarily think it should win, like let the voters vote, but I feel like the Academy, the way that they're voting is what I'm saying. I think that they're voting pretty much what's up their alley mm-hmm. and who's composed of the voter who's composing the voters well of course you've got Martin Scorsese in there and, and various people who kind of think like him so that's the, the question is do these films deserve recognition and my answer is obviously yes yeah and I, I think agree. that's yours as well and I think Jimmy Kimmel has the same opinion based mm-hmm. on his uh, impassioned speech in his monologue which I thought was a joke initially when he was saying it but he did really believe that it, it should have gotten recognition considering the way that it uh I don't know it's inspired movie goers to go to the film the move the movies to go to the movie theaters oh yeah, man like without movies like that you gotta think like I don't know like you, maybe theaters are sh- are shutting down at this point like Dune, Dune was huge for that too. I think. I think Dune very did very well, and there's other movies that did very well. Dune was hindered, arguably, by the fact that it was on HBO Max at the same mm-hmm. time as it launched in theaters. And Sony's bullish about the fact that they want things to launch in theaters, and that's it. And uh, I don't know. 
Like the Sony producers wanted it to be nominated. And obviously, as Ken is mentioning, when you get nominated, when you win an award at the Academy Awards, there's more likelihood, you know, for people to go potentially buy that film or watch it. And it is a machine to sell movies, the Oscars. But Mm -hmm. that's an even bigger reason why some of these more mainstream movies should get the recognition that they kind of deserve because they're not bad movies. They're just genre movies. I agree. But uh, yeah. Yeah. Paddington too snubbed yeah that's a that's a that's a genre film for sure that like that's a weird thing like if you think about it too like you got a movie like up up was nominated for best picture Mm -hmm. it's a good movie but is it better than endgame no i don't think so Mm. in my opinion i don't know i honestly think that um soul is a better movie than up didn't get nominated like legitimately, I do yeah. believe that it, that, and that's my opinion, of course. But like, what's happened to the Pixar films being nominated for Best Picture? That hasn't happened in a few years, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, what, where did that go? It, it, it's like a strange thing. Like, we're almost going away from that even more now. Like, they're becoming more niche mm-hmm. in their in the nominations that are being nominated. Like, how many people? Well, saw Nomadland. I, I have no idea. Probably not. not even many. Parasite. No, Parasite's uh, an incredible movie. Oh, yeah, that movie's but fantastic. Still, no one really seen it before it won Best Picture, and then everyone watched it after. We we saw it, but mm-hmm. we're hipsters. That's true. Like the Academy voters. That's all we're saying. No, I'm just I'm joking. We we just find that there's like we we like all of these movies. They're they're all amazing. And like this is a very I guess it's a very subjective situation at the same time. But I again I don't see I don't see eye to eye with some of these choices. Like Black Panther is not at all a better movie than Endgame. Mm-hmm. It's not a more original movie, at least. It's not a better movie than I don't know. This is like again, it's just it is what it is. But that's yeah. our that's our take. I think we both are on on in alignment with Kenneth on this. Other than the fact that eighteen horror movies were apparently somehow winning Best Picture. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't, maybe that's just like eighteen horror movies that were ever nominated for an Oscar. That that's my assumption. maybe maybe you got the two confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Oakley, Oakley. Moving on to number two, as Variety reports, during their most recent earnings call, Viacom CBS changed their name to Paramount and announced some ambitious goals for their future. Specifically, they stated that by 2024, they aim to attain 100 million subscribers with a projected content spend of five billion dollars in 2024 alone. For perspective, Paramount spent $2.2 billion on content creation in 2021 and currently have 56 million subscribers between the Paramount Plus and Showtime streaming services. Paramount also announced that they will be making Paramount Plus the streaming home for Paramount-produced films from 2024 and onward, therefore foregoing the temptation to license Paramount properties to streaming services like Netflix and Amazon Prime Video. Adrian, what... Do you make of this? We don't have Paramount Plus, you and I. We do not subscribe mm-hmm. to such a thing uh, yet, I guess. Yeah. Um, but uh, what do you what are you thinking about this? Like Paramount, Paramount basically their earnings call really like talked about other things that they renewed and are making as well. And we'll talk about that a bit more in the montage. But this, on a business perspective, is kind of interesting. It is, man. It, it it's we've we've talked about the streaming wars for quite a while and you know saying like oh will all these companies make it will you know some of them be bought out will some of them just fail kind of like quibi to be fair actually like quibi did fail but then now roku owns quibi as a random yeah. aside um but it's it's very interesting and it's like 
I think this is great in one way. Like, you know, now we know like all Paramount stuff going forward after 2024 is just going to be on Paramount Plus. Where do I where do I wa- need to watch this insert random movie here? Okay, cool. We'll just go on Paramount Plus, watch it there. And it's it's simpler as opposed to, you know, it being licensed out to, you know, other random streaming services at the same time. Yeah, like Harry Potter. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Is Harry Potter today on Peacock or is it on HBO Max? Don't ask me because I don't know. I still don't understand that. That's that's fucking unbelievable that Warner Brothers did that anyways. But but it's it's also a little bit frustrating in terms of, yeah, now I know that it will be on Paramount Plus, but this is just like another goddamn streaming service I'll have to get. Um you know, it's probably not that I'm just going to keep paying for, but I'm definitely going to, you know, get a subscription for this when Halo launches. Like, I want to watch that Halo series. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. So, like, they have me, at least for, like, a couple months or however. I don't know how they're releasing that Halo series, but they, they got me in and uh, or will get me in. So, it's it's frustrating because there's just too many of these goddamn streaming services at this point. Like Netflix just increased their pricing. I just got the email, I think today or yesterday to $21 a month Canadian um, for like the 4k subscription. And I'm like sitting here thinking, do I need Netflix? And it's like, that's what I've been thinking. Cause every time they do that, I'm kind of questioning it to be honest. I know they've got a lot of content coming, but there's so many different streaming services that are doing their thing and doing such a great job. Yeah, the, so. the, the thing with Netflix is that it has like it's been around the longest, so it has its roots like or uh, its hooks in me for multiple series. Like I still need to watch uh, Ozark season four. Um, and, I know, that's true. I keep on putting that off. I, I gotta I, since I'm caught up on Attack on Titan, that, that's probably gonna be my next watch. But I got I gotta watch that or uh, you know Dead to Me, like season three. Once that comes out, I'm gonna definitely watch that. Is that um, coming out soon? I don't know. I know it was renewed for that. Uh, I'm I, I just don't know when it's coming out. But. but you can always cancel for a month and just come back later. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. It, it, the more they make it expensive, I feel like the more people will just cancel and then come back. Like, well, now I know this show. Like you're talking about with Paramount Plus and Halo. You just cancel it and come back. The thing is, is that I feel like one of the clever things about Netflix is the fact that you can share your password with people and you can share the account and make different profiles. And once you do that, then you've got multiple people relying on that service. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's, a, it's a maximum of four people watching at any given time, sure. But like if you share it with your family as an example, suddenly it's harder to cancel because maybe somebody's watching something else while you may not be. Yeah. So – it's a it's kind of an interesting concept, but I, I've thought about canceling Netflix um, a couple of times because I, I there's like there's there's also we talked about this last week. It's also harder to track what Netflix is airing at any given time. It's 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 out of sight, out of mind for me because I use Apple devices, and honestly, the Apple TV Plus app I've said before, and I'll say it again, is very useful for knowing where things are airing at any given time. Yeah. The fact that they don't use that service where the Apple TV Netflix shows are not routed through Apple TV, the app there, whereas Disney plus and Amazon prime video. And I think Paramount plus as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Disney plus, uh, all route through it as well as crave here in Canada. Um, I think I said Disney plus twice. Yeah, but it's okay. Anyway, whatever. Uh, there was supposed to be four, but I said five with Disney plus twice. But regardless, the point is it, it helps those brands. It doesn't help Netflix. I think, but uh, I don't know. Netflix is a bit pretentious in their in their thought process in that 
specifically based on the fact that they keep increasing the price so aggressively. And I think Disney, I think Disney's going to start doing the same thing. Honestly, I, I, and they've I, already done it once for us. So I think that there's a yeah. thought, like even with Premier Access, that we are very valuable to you, audience. Exactly. It's kind of the impression I get. Amazon's increasing their price, but Amazon's probably the one of the more affordable options. Well, no. yeah, just because like I don't pay for Amazon Prime Video. I just get Amazon Prime Video because I pay for Amazon Prime. I like, know. Yeah. That's the Amazon- crazy thing is the combination of what they offer you in the Amazon Prime mm-hmm. subscription is pretty valuable. Yeah. It's just, yeah, one of those things where that, that's an out of sight, out, out of mind, like streaming service. Cause like I, I use Amazon quite often, um, like to order stuff. And then it's just like one of those things like, oh yeah, I have Amazon Prime Video. Like that's where I watch like Scream 4 as an example. And there's a lot of good shit on there. The boys? Like, the boys. Oh yeah, good There's call. so many good things. The boys Diabolical. Invincible now. It's like, God. Look, I know they, they fall, like you kind of don't think of Amazon Prime Video as like this juggernaut that it is but there's a lot of good content that we've watched on there and like that's coming up and they're coming out with lord of the rings that lord of the rings series that trailer did not amaze me by the way i don't know about you but yeah but uh it's in a billion dollar series so it's like this does not look like a billion dollars i wonder if you should <laughs> try to keep that secret maybe don't tell people that it's a billion dollars because they're gonna really expect something Especially when you're not spending it at all on actors, which I've said it a couple times. Like, where did the money go? I don't know. Is this a money laundering scheme? Like, how is it a billion dollars? Like, I don't understand this. How did Game of Thrones look as good as it did without spending a billion dollars then? With yeah. the actors who were getting paid more, I think, as the seasons were wrapping up, as, as time went on. Like, Sean Bean must have also got paid a lot on the first season. And the, that season didn't even get close to, I don't think, $100 million dollars. For that first season, anyway, I don't know. I'm curious about that, but they've got a lot going for them. They've got they've got these new, and they keep getting these new properties, like Blade Runner. We talked about last week. Mm -hmm. A Fallout they picked up as well. They've got all of these huge properties they keep getting licenses for. Even like the pulling Borat two is really cool. Having Aaron Sorkin's uh, being the Ricardos as a movie on their service. Aaron Sorkin, by the way, is like it's a pretty fantastic writer director. Like and everything he he's made. Mm -hmm. So. I don't know. It's uh, it's interesting. Like they they're they're forgotten about. I think more than any other streaming service. Yeah. And yet they've got a lot of good content. But anyway, I don't know if I'm going to subscribe to Paramount. But the the fact that they keep ramping up all this stuff is pretty neat. So I'm curious to see how it goes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Number three, as publication deadline reports, the fifth season of Netflix's hit drama series Stranger Things will be its final season. Stranger Things is a multiple Emmy-nominated series created by Ross and Matt Duffer that follows a group of children that are forced to deal with the supernatural in the small town of Hawkins, Indiana in the 1980s. The upcoming fourth season of the series is actually being split into two parts, with the Duffer brothers claiming that the season will be double the length of previous seasons. Part 1 is set to premiere on May 27, 2022, while Part 2 is set for a July 1st release date. And uh, believe me, audience... And believe me, Adrian, I get the irony of what I was just saying. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. It's it's a double the length, but it's one season, but it's releasing at two separate times. So it's just two seasons. <laughs> oh, oh, that's not the irony. Uh, is that what you're saying? Well, I, yeah, I'm just like pointing that out. It's like, oh, that is. That's what Ozark did too. Yeah. That's uh, Jason Bateman made a joke. I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel in an inter- interview with Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy Kimmel Live. I'm pretty, pretty sure you're... 
Jimmy Kimmel's like, so you are you have two seasons. So season it's not season four, it's season four and five. He's like, Yeah, basically. I'm just getting paid the same amount for one season though. <laughs> basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Damn it, Ted Sarandos. You got us again. Son of a bitch. But yeah, the um the irony part though. I feel like you understand what I, we were just talking about how the fact that we were just potentially going to quit Netflix, mm-hmm. but Ozark re- is releasing in two parts too. The second yeah. part is also releasing in the summer. This is the same thing. Um, I think, wait, sorry, was Ozark season, the part two even announced? I can't remember now. It was, I think it's June. Okay. Yeah. I think it is too, but this is a similar idea. People love stranger things. They've got some pretty crazy franchise properties that they designed from the ground ground up. And this is one of them. This is the, one of the first shows that Netflix launched that really like blew the roof off. Um, like the, the blew the lid off the, the, like, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Uh, blew the lid off the laurels, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So yeah, it was very popular. And mm-hmm. I think they actually went through the, the effort of actually producing it. Whereas House of Cards, I think they kind of attained the rights in some way. They didn't actually make it themselves completely. If I recall the mm-hmm. history of Netflix making their own shows, there was licensing agreements with certain shows that they acquired. And then there was, uh, as as an exclusive, of course, um, kind of like how Ted Lasso is actually a Warner Brothers show, but is on yeah. Apple TV+. Plus. Uh, and in this case, we've got a show that I believe they built from the ground up and they kind of completely own, which I'm sure is great in, in how lucrative it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, you excited for Stranger Things? Uh, yeah, kind of. I feel like there's there's been a lot of time that's passed um, since, you know, like the, the, the third season. And I'm kind of like, I don't really remember exactly what happened at the end of season three, to be totally honest with you. And I remember really enjoying season three. But this is just one of those situations where I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. I, I, I really like that show. I know I like that show, but I have no idea what I'm looking forward to because I don't remember like what happened. Um, I remember season three more than I do season two, which I, makes sense on a chronological perspective it, because season two is obviously before season mm-hmm. three. But I, I legitimately after season two and there was a little bit of a gap, I don't think I remembered what happened. But season three is season two with Sean Astin. Is that season yeah. three? But I don't remember anything else. I know that uh, Sean Astin was in it. <laughs> that's that's pretty much all I remember of that season. I remember season one and I remember season three. Yeah. Uh, the mall is basically the the idea. It's all about the mall. Oh, that's season three? Yeah. Oh, yeah, my hawk and stuff, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's all coming back to me. It's all coming back. Yeah. Kind of. The sheriff has a really cool role as well. Who, who, honestly, uh, David Arbor is awesome. Yeah. So, Arbor. Harbor? Harbor. Harbor. Is it Harbor? I really messed up his name. David resting on his laurels, Harbor. It's definitely Harbor. He's not resting on his laurels. He brings his A game every time, Adrian. Yeah. Or is it because you don't know what the hell I was talking about when I said resting on his laurels? Lying down on his laurels, baby. Or sitting on his laurels, squatting on his laurels. Isn't a laurel like uh, Dr. S- no, that's a Lorax, Dr. Seuss. But uh... Yep. I just blew the lid off that Lorax right there. Adrian... Yep. What's up? Nothing. I don't have anything. I don't know why oh. I said that. I either did have something and I lost it, just as I said your name, but it's gone. So I don't know. Oh, okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. What were you going to say? Because I feel like it interu- interrupted you and now you I, might not remember what you were going to oh, say. I have no clue what I was going to say. I literally have negative clue. That's not good. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited for this, I guess. Yeah, me too. 
No, I, I love Stranger Things. Every time it comes out, I'm excited for it, and I will enjoy watching this. But yeah, it makes it, it makes a definite reason why I wouldn't want to cancel my subscription. Mm-hmm. So well done, Netflix. And I will mention something. Mention. We can kind of make fun of the fact that part one and part two are separate, but this is better, in my opinion, by far, than a week to week coverage for shows. I agree. This is really cool. If they did this every season of every show, I'd be happy with it. If you did six episode parts and did twelve, which I think this is going to be, I'm going to take a guess and say it's probably twelve episodes. I don't really, I don't think they stated it. I, I looked, but I well, didn't see. If this season's going to be double the length of previous, seasons, almost double. I said almost double. And those seasons were 10 episodes, I'm assuming. Probably going to be 16 episodes. 20 episodes? Wait, <laughs> maybe 18 episodes? How did you get double it? Did you just say double 10 is 16? Yeah. I guess this isn't a math podcast, but <laughs> it's not, uh, yeah, that's not proper math. But regardless, my point is if you want to pull people in, if you want to keep them uh, watching, this is a really interesting perspective. Like they keep doing this each time. There's eight episodes. Eight episodes. That makes sense. So sixteen. In season three. Um, it might be season, it's fifteen. Season two is nine. Yeah. And then season one is eight as well. So. Okay. My point is, this is great to mm-hmm. me. It's better than Disney Plus. The Disney Plus method of launching one episode every week. Mm-hmm. It just keeps me keeps me more engaged with Netflix. And then when they inevitably. And, and I haven't watched the last episode of uh, Ozark uh, season four, part one. But when I see that last episode, I am imagining it's definitely going to be a cliffhanger and it's going to keep me wanting more. And I I do appreciate that. that. It might be too like perceived as two seasons, but only having a three-month gap or two-month gap or whatever mm-hmm. is pretty enticing, four-month gap. It's it's great. I think this is a good, a good strategy and it, they keep testing this. This is the second time they're doing this in a few kind of months again ozark and stranger things also somebody who does this constantly is amc amc does did that with breaking bad and they're doing it with their last season of better call saul i don't know if there's a connection in some way Mm -hmm. in the way they're doing this i know better call saul is on netflix in canada so maybe that's somehow well they're related in the way their contracts work and they realize that works for amc like netflix did i mean yeah well, The Walking Dead, the final season, split into three parts. Oh, excellent. Yeah. Good stuff. But that, but it's also split into three parts released week to week, though, right? So I know. Terrible. That's actually awful. That, but that's okay. like a, the, the worst mix possible, arguably. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Adrian. Mm-hmm. I'm excited for this. Me too. Now onto the montage, a sequence of our show in which I briefly present the week's smaller news stories as Adrian delivers a brisk verdict. Number one, as Variety reports, streaming service Paramount Plus has already renewed the Halo TV series for a second season ahead of its March 24th premiere date. Brave New World showrunner David Weiner has been hired on as showrunner for the new series. Wow, very exciting. For the new season, you mean? Did I say for the new series? Yeah. What did I say? For the new series. Yes, for the new season. Number two. As Variety reports, Paramount is working on another Sonic the Hedgehog movie sequel, as well as a Paramount Plus TV series based around the Sonic 2 character, Knuckles. Knuckles will be voiced by actor Idris Elba in the new live-action TV show. Wow, sexy Knuckles series. Number three. As website Vulture has reported, Paramount has greenlit another spinoff to showrunner Tyler Sheridan's upcoming popular modern Western TV series, Yellowstone. 
The new drama series will be called 1932 and will be executive produced by Yellowstone producer David C. Glasser. Wow. Is Yellowstone an Amazon Prime series or is this also on Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus. Huh. Weird. In Canada, it's on. Uh, it's weirdly on Amazon because that there was no licensing agreement or something. They gave away oh. the licensing, I believe. Okay, so I'm not crazy. Number four. As noted by The Hollywood Reporter, the Emmy Award-winning Rachel Brosnahan starring Amazon comedy series The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel has been renewed for a fifth and final season on Amazon Prime Video. Oh, I have no idea what this show's about, but I know it's very well-received. It's about a stand-up comedian named Mrs. Maisel. Wild, okay. Back in the day. I don't remember what the time frame was. It seems like the 1950s? Maybe the 1960s? Not completely sure. Number five, as Deadline reports... Brooklyn Nine-Nine actor Melissa Fumero has been cast in Universal Television's Randall Park starring comedy series following the goings-on in the last blockbuster video store in America. Ooh, cool. She was great in Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I hope she's great in this. Number six, as Deadline reports, Showtime's tech drama-based anthology series Super Pumped has been renewed for a second season and is set to follow tech giant Facebook, a.k.a. Meta. Coincidentally, HBO is also working on its own Facebook-based TV series called The Doomsday Machine, starring Claire Foy. The first Uber-based season of Superbumped premieres on February 27th, 2022. Oh my god, that's on next Sunday. Yes. Number seven. As The Hollywood Reporter notes, creator Donald Glover's FX comedy series Atlanta will be officially ending after its fourth season. Oh, that's unfortunate. Season two is on Disney Plus here in Canada, so I will watch that shortly. Number eight. As followed by The Hollywood Reporter, FX has renewed their Fargo TV crime drama for season five with original Fargo showrunner Noah Hawley at the helm. Ooh, 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 I can't wait to watch this, and I still need to watch season four. Please release it on Disney Plus Star. Number nine. As reported by Deadline, justified actor Walton Goggins has been cast as a lead character in Amazon's TV show adaptation of video game series Fallout from Westworld showrunners Jonathan Nolan and Lisa Joy. Man, I love Walton Goggins. Uh, anything he's in, he always he always gives it 100 million percent. I'm, I'm a fan of him. Again, this ain't a math podcast. But anyways... Number 10, as addressed by The Hollywood Reporter, Netflix is officially working on a film adaptation of science fiction video game series, Bioshock. Oh, I love Bioshock. We talked about System Shock a few weeks ago, and now they're making a Bioshock film. This is interesting. I wonder how they're going to do it, and if they're going to do it well. I hope they do it well. Number 11, as noted by The Hollywood Reporter, Paramount's Star Trek IV is officially in development with actor Chris Pine returning as Captain James T. Kirk and WandaVision director Matt Shackman hired on as director. I haven't watched any of those Star Trek movies. And that concludes the montage. Yes, yes. Yes. Adrian, what do you have for me? Ah, Simon... Edie, I got new releases for you, man. Cool. Yeah, and there ain't much. I couldn't find much, at least. Oh. Oh. So maybe I missed stuff. Okay. Definitely possible. I probably miss stuff every single week. Lots of news, lots of things in the pipeline. Yeah. But no movies coming out this week. Uh-uh-uh. Weird. Yeah. Speaking of movies that came out, uh, I wanted to watch... Um, Uncharted. Um, Uncharted. Yeah, yeah, I wanted to watch Uncharted. But Death on the Nile. Uh, no, I, well, I, actually, I wanted to watch that one too. You're right. Drive my car. 
I wanted to watch that one too. Yeah. Sorry, is there another movie you're about to say? Because this is taking a little too long. No, Uncharted was what uh, I wanted to watch. Uncharted, and like it's not being oh, okay. reviewed particularly well um, by critics. Yeah. However, the audience score is like above an eighty. So I feel which is weird. Yeah. Because people don't typically like the video game movie adaptations. Yeah. So there is that. So people liking it, man. But critics usually don't like them more. So it's true. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. So you want to see it? Is what you're saying? Yeah. I I wanted to see it regardless. It's just. Yeah. Anyways, not important. Yeah. Um, cool. So, uh, the movie's coming out. It's for the week of February the 21st to February the 27th. That is a Monday to a Sunday once again, as per usual, my friend. And the first movie coming out is coming out on Tuesday, February 22nd. And that is UFO. This is a Netflix romantic drama set in a turkey. Huh? Like the bird? Yeah. Then why is it capitalized in this right up here? Turkey is capitalized. <laughs> Simon, I got you. I'm just being a little trickster. It's set in Turkey, the country. A little turkey. That's what you're being. Yeah. Ah, I was being a little turkey. Set in Turkey, not a turkey. I just wanted to add that in for a little bit of flair, you know? Oh. Some, some fun flair. <laughs> so much flair. Yeah, what you are doing. I don't want to be rested. You were about to say it. We rest resting on my uh, on my laurels, dude. I ain't be lying down on them laurels. You know how it is. Yeah, you you blew the lid off those laurels, is what you did. Ah, uh, dude. Yeah, yeah, laurels. Uh, next movie coming out is coming out on Friday, February the twenty fifth, and the first one is Restless. This is a Netflix original movie about a corrupt cop covering his crimes. And he gets threatened by a mysterious witness while when that was a witness to one of his crimes. Oh. Yeah. This guy's restless, so he's definitely not resting on his laurels. Oh. Yep. He laureled up is what he did. He laureled up, dude. A Medea Homecoming. This is a Netflix original movie and Tyler Perry, Simon. Isn't it Medea? Medea? I don't know. I never watched any of these movies. Hmm. Medea sounds right. As soon as you said that, I'm like, God damn it. You're right. Mm. Mm. If I wasn't so so resting on my laurels, I would have gotten that one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> that wasn't yeah. even proper English. Come on. So Tyler Perry returns as his bl- beloved uh, character, Medea. There's a lot of these movies, apparently. Isn't it still Medea? Medea, yeah. Uh, or did it change in the I forgot. 20 seconds since I corrected you? Ah, jeez. Oh, no. I got to stop resting so much on them laurels, dude. Uh, that anyways. is the correct phrase, though. I feel like I, I might have. I don't know if I used it right originally, but now we're just saying it correctly. So it's kind of less funny, I feel like, because we're not saying it as stupidly. I looked it up at midway through the podcast. I'm like, it's resting on your laurels. Yeah. Sleeping on your laurels. Yeah. Making a bed on your laurels. Yeah. Yeah. What's the next movie coming out, bro? No exit. Oh, let's confirm my movie insider in the trailer, Simon. This is a Hulu oh. original movie. Will it be on Star? I don't know. Oh, and this is about a young woman oh. that is stranded at a motorway during a blizzard. Oh no! And she discovers oh. a kidnapped woman. No, in a van. Oh, and now she's determined oh. to find out who the kidnapper is amongst oh, do that. the people stuck in the motorway. There's five of them. Oh. Five people. In the motorway. E. The twist? E. 
she's the kidnapper and she doesn't even know it. Ooh, did you spoil the movie? I don't know. I just said that. I have no idea what this. I doubt that's the thing. If that's the twist, that'd be stupid. This is not the thing. So she's she's got brain damage. Yeah. She got into a car accident because mm-hmm. she's on a motorway and she yes. hit her head really hard and then she lost her memory. Yeah. Like Jason Bourne in Bourne Identity. I never watched that movie. But if Jason Bourne was a, a woman who kidnaps kids. No, you didn't say kid. You said Yeah, it's a it's a it's a woman. It's an yeah. Okay. Just making sure. Why do we call it kidnapped when it's for an adult? I don't know. But uh uh, yeah, I don't know. It should be called adult napped. Why do they call it kidnapped? Should we be looking it up? Maybe it's a very obvious thing we just don't know. Hmm. Well, it's literally kidnapped. Why do they call it kidnapped? Kid- the original meaning of kidnap, stating from the late 17th century, was steal children to provide servants to the American colonies. <laughs> oh, jeez. Damn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Bummer. <laughs> Yikes. All right. Uh, what's the next movie coming out, Adrian? Uh, Big gold brick, Simon. It's confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. And the Apple TV app is a video on demand movie that has Megan Fox and Oscar Isaac. Oh. oh. Yeah. Hmm. I totally forget what that was about, though, the movie itself. But it has those two guys, th- those two peoples in it. Hmm. BGB. The burning. Huh? BGB. Eh? BGB. <laughs> yeah, BGB, baby. BGB. Yeah. BGB in the burning sea is up next, Simon. This is confirmed by the oh. most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com. And the Apple TV app is a video on demand movie about an oil rig explosion in the North Sea that sets off an investigation that reveals BGB. something more catastrophic is coming. Oh, damn. The BGB. I was trying to rhyme it. See how that would have been? The North Sea with in the North Sea sets off an investigation for the BGB. Mm. Damn. Mm. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Mm. Uh. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Incredible. Resting on your laurels with the BGB, baby. <laughs> Gonna make a song. Yes, indeed. What is the next movie coming out, Adrian? I'll find you. May. Yeah, you. Not May. Don't say that to me. I'll find you. No. What is Where the baby out? What? What did you say? Where are the other drugs going? That's shoddy at best, but anyway. Thanks. It's a compliment. Ah, good times. <laughs> I'll find you is the next movie, and it's conf- and this is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet. Where are the other drugs going? <laughs> oh my god, that's See, that's how you do it. That's a good one. Where is he? Yeah. Swear to me. <laughs> <laughs> so terrible. <laughs> I was born in the dark. I was, I was smoldered by it. Why would you shoot a man before throwing him out of a plane? Anyways, continue. This is getting outrageous. Now then, one of us must be in the wreckage or whatever the line is from the movie. <laughs> I thought you said Merry Christmas at one point. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you. <laughs> Just a very polite vein. Played by Tom Hardy. Yeah, he was actually a great guy. People just misunderstood because he was wearing that outfit. It's a ridiculous outfit, so it makes sense. Um, yeah, yeah. We can't breathe, so there's that. He can't. Anyway. He can't breathe. No, his face is all mangled underneath, right? Yeah. Isn't that the thing? 
My face is all mangled underneath this mask. <laughs> you, become, you, you become slightly British, I think, yeah. when you you speak. That's the hit line from the movie, The Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> you said that to Bruce yeah. at one point. <laughs> I can't take this off. I can't take this off because my face is completely messed up. It's absolutely awful looking. Let me just tell you. Just looks like total garbage. <laughs> total. G- okay, move on. Let's move on. Remember when I died from a car? I don't. I don't know why we're both been in this situation. There's always been two of us. Anyways, we should. <laughs> Wait, sorry. He died in a car. What? Did, didn't he get? He got hit by the fucking uh, Batmobile. No, he got hit by the Bat bike. The Batmobile was destroyed. Oh yeah, it was the Bat bike. The Tumbler. Tumbler was gone. Me neither, Siri. Me neither. Me neither. Anyways, I'll find you. This is confirmed by the most reliable source on the internet, m.the-numbers.com and the Apple TV app. This is a video on demand movie about a Jewish violinist and a Catholic opera singer that dream to perform together in New York, but the Polish invasion by Germany ripped them apart. Oh. Mm-hmm. Yikes. What a plot twist. You didn't even see that coming. You didn't even see that coming. The Desperate Hour, Simon. It's confirmed by Movie Insider in the trailer. That it's coming to theaters, but it's not coming to Cineplex at least because it's not on the Cineplex app. Mm. And oh, what? Was she? Huh? You okay? Um, I used voice to text. So I don't know what this says. Wash she goes on a run out of. T- oh, okay, I remember. When she goes on a run out of town, her town goes into an emergency lockdown. <laughs> okay. Another rhyme. The twist. Her son's at home in the town that has shooters or something. Huh. Yeah. She's like on the phone. She's like, my son, my son's in the town that's locked down. If He he was so busy resting on his laurels while I was out here running. Now he's stuck, is what she says. Yeah, that's right. You should have never left your son. <laughs> what? What did you say? You should have never left your son. Oh, I see. Yeah. I'm Bane again. I'm bringing it back, the bit. Anyways. Hi, Bane. How are you? I'm well, thank you very much. How's the face? Oh, it's totally fucked. My face is mangled under this mask. Batman. I'm aware, that's why I asked. Where is she? (laughs) Yeah, should I have been Batman communicating to you as Bane? That was a missed opportunity. Oh, well. Yeah. You live and you learn, baby. You live and you learn. Yep. Oh, well. What, what can you do? What's the next movie? You're too busy lying down on that, Lawrence. Cyrano. I don't know how you pronounce this. It's C-Y-R-A-N-N-O. It's confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters. I feel like I mentioned that this movie came out last year. But I don't know. But it's about B- uh, Peter Dinklage is a short man in love with a taller woman. That's what the movie's about. I do remember that distinctly. Yeah. I don't know why. It's just that, that description. Mm-hmm. I feel like you wrote the same description twice as well. It's possible. I don't know. Anyways, uh, next movie that's coming out is a movie called The Wolf and the Lion, Simon. It's confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters. It's about a big dog and a big kitty that become friends, and and a human lady takes care of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then the final movie, Simon, that's coming out this week is Studio 666. Uh Uh-oh. This is confirmed by Cineplex. It's coming to theaters. And this is the Foo Fighters Frightening Flick. Oh, wow. Yeah. What does that mean? It, it's a horror movie made by the Foo Fighters. They star in it. Really? Yeah. Neat. Yeah. Are you a fan of the Foo Fighters? Uh, 
Not really. Yeah, like I don't either. follow them yeah. in any particular fashion. Me neither. So I guess not. Dave Grohl seems like a likable dude. He was in uh, Tenacious D. Yeah. In the Pick of Destiny. He plays Satan. Yeah. The, the Foo Fighters is like, uh, I forget. Uh, they're releasing like a metal album under like a different name. It's like a thrash metal album. Oh. Weird. It's li- literally all of them. And it's just released on their YouTube channel. I think it's already out. Hmm. Uh, maybe not all of it. You like thrash metal, don't you? Uh, yeah, I like a lot of metal music. Thr- thrash is definitely not my like favorite kind of metal music, but I, like I love Megadeth and stuff like that. But um, okay. I'm more of like a progressive metal. Yeah, like give me like that fucking 13 minute long song with some wild guitar solos and like slow building and stuff. Like Between the Bear to me is like one of my favorite bands and stuff. Cool, love Tool, you know. But anyways, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's Studio Six Six Six. That's the final one, and that's it. That's all, baby. That's it. That's all. No more movies. We're done. I probably missed some. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe you did. Maybe I didn't. Maybe, Adrian, you were uh, you were standing on one foot on those laurels. That's I what was. What might have been happening? What might have happened? Yeah. But Socks on. We will never know until you listen to this podcast and you realize that there's a terrible mistake, and then you never listen to us again without writing into us. Although you could write into us, audience, at splitfocuspodcast.gmail.com, just like Kenneth Saddlebauer has. Yes. And I would appreciate it very much. And you can also review us on various podcast streaming services. So if you're listening to this on Apple Podcasts, as an example, review us on that. Or review Spotify. us on Spotify, perhaps. Or just subscribe to us on any of the other streaming services that podcasts are on, including Amazon Podcasts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But that is the end of our regular scheduled programming for this episode. Adrian, do you have anything else to add? Do you have anything else to say to our audience before we close this chapter off of split focus uh, i don't think so simon i think i think not i think that's it that's all baby you know like i was not doing any resting on any sort of laurels so i think i got everything i needed to say <laughs> so dumb yeah yeah <laughs> yes it's yes very good yes thank you for listening it's me. You're welcome. You're welcome. <laughs> That's not even. Now I'm just like weirdo. I just have a. Sorry. A lozenge got stuck in my throat there, Adrian. That's terrible. I remember that line distinctly from the movie. <laughs> Your guy sounds very much like almost like an old timer <laughs> with just a, a cup over his face. <laughs> You know, like somebody from like the 1920s. I'm Bane. Ah, yes. Very good. Very good. Thank you very much. I will, you know what I'm saying? Welcome to the 1920s. Step right up. Step right up. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to the 1920s. Oh, yes. <laughs> now you kind of sound like the voice behind like Heimerdinger, you know, in yeah. Arcane. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I know exactly what you're saying. Yeah, that's what you kind of... What a great show. You, you came off as a Heimerdinger right there. How dare you call me that? <laughs> He's a great character. He's a yeah, wise, <laughs> smart, knowledgeable guy, okay? I didn't mean any offense by it. You fucking Heimerdinger. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> you sound like you said Heimerdinger. Now that's an offensive term. Yeah. So take it back. I, I'm sorry, I took it back. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, it's gone on too long. I forgive you. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. Okay, Adrian, let's close this. Let's close this. This is this is becoming out of hand, and I'm not reeling us back in as we, I normally do. No, no. And I should be. And I should be because I'm a mature adult, and it's time now 
to thank you for listening to the 86th episode of Split Focus, a film and TV podcast. My name is Simon Eady, and this is Adrian Pinter, signing off. Indeed I am, and I uh, just want to end the show by saying, uh, you know who never rested on, on their laurels? Batman. Yeah, Batman and Batman v Superman, which is a good movie. It's a great movie. Yeah. yeah. So it's Resident yeah. Evil. Welcome to Raccoon Town. Yeah. City. Village. That's true. That's it. That's all. Take care. Goodbye. That's not true, though, about the last part. Resident Evil sucks. It is. It's very true. No, it isn't. No, it isn't. My face is all mangled under this mask. Goodbye. Take care. Goodbye.